Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. You're listening to The Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio on WGR Sports Radio 550. Siberian. Yes, it is. Because I, I was, you knew you and I, we both like Mannheim Steamroller, right? I think you like them. Um, I don't. Oh, John Scott was saying he liked them. I don't know. Are you familiar with Mannheim Steamroller as much? Josh? Yeah, not as much, but I just, I mean, I know some of their stuff. But I'm more of a TSO yeah. guy. Okay, okay, I, I like it all. I think it's super cool as a drummer too. Just kind of getting into it, rocking out. We're rocking out here on the shortest daylight day of the year. It is the winter solstice. So, like, there's less daylight time today with the sun in the sky than any day of the year. It gets shorter and shorter until today, and then it gets longer and longer. So, starting tomorrow, we will start to add minutes to our daylight time. I remember a few years ago, the Bills played a Saturday night game. You remember, I think it was 2019, they played Saturday night in New England, and they had that flex game. They played a night game. John Brown with that big touchdown. The Bills are leading in the fourth quarter. They ultimately didn't win the game, but he kind of knew they were right there on the cusp. Anyway, the point is I remember that game thinking, okay, it was like a – was that a 4.30 game? And then I think – and I remember thinking, yeah, but 4.30, like the sun will already be setting because it was on the winter solstice day. I mean, that's what it is now. You go to the Bills game last Sunday. It was a 4.25 game. It was pretty much already dark. So that's going to be the case – in L.A., but it's in a dome, so it won't matter. But um, it's going to be a night game, I am, so it wouldn't matter, I guess, anyway. It's um, 5 o'clock there, 5.30. Wouldn't matter because of the dome is what I'm trying to say. But it's a 5 o'clock start there, so it's already going to be basically sundown in L.A. It's 8 o'clock start here, which is interesting because, Josh, do you know or realize, like, this is not I, apparently. I don't think kickoff is eight fifteen or eight twenty in this game. Kickoff is eight o'clock. Yeah, I noticed that. I thought that it was pretty weird that it was like right on the nose. I you because usually it's like eight right. fifteen or eight twenty or four twenty or whatever. Right. Why yeah, you is go why to, is that? Is so, there a reason? I don't know. I mean, they just wanted it. No, I, I don't know what the reason is. It's a good question though because normally when you have a nighttime game. Monday night or Sunday night, it's eight fifteen or eight twenty. One is you know different than the other. Whatever. 
But this is an eight o'clock game. Even on the like the Bills game notes, it even says Bills at Chargers, SoFi Stadium, eight o'clock. If you go to all of the you know NFL, you know, we have media sites that kind of give us a rundown of every game. It's stats during games, things like that. It's the same thing. I actually go to the site here. That's the NFL media site I use, and it says Thursday tonight, eight fifteen p.m. And even shows local five fifteen local time. That's Saints at Rams tonight. Then you go to Saturday, December 23rd, it says 4.30 p.m. Eastern time for the Bengals and Steelers. Then you go to Bills, Chargers, 8 p.m. ET, 5 p.m. local. So don't miss the first quarter. (laughs) Don't miss the first couple drives, everybody. The game on Saturday night is scheduled for 8 p.m., not 8.15, not 8.25. It's an 8 p.m. game. Now, when you turn on Peacock or Channel 2... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, it's weird, too, because last week's Saturday game was 8.15. It wasn't like last week was also 8 o'clock. Like, it's so random that it's right. just all of a so, sudden at the top of an hour. You're right. Now, I'm wondering, it's got to be because of the the network. It's on Peacock, right? I mean, so the network has something to do with it. They're determining with their contract. This is the first ever Peacock-exclusive game. <coughs> is the Bengals? Are the Bengals and Steelers also on Peacock? I think they are. Are they? Are there two games back-to-back on Peacock? Okay, that would make more sense now. Think about it, okay? Check this for me. I want to make sure. Are Bengals Steelers on Peacock? I think they are. Well, it says... The reason so why... It, it, it says... Bill, like, if you look on uh, ESPN, like, the TV, it says Peacock for Bills Chargers. And then for TV for Bengals Steelers, it says NBC. But that's technically the same company. But I'm assuming that means, like, the channel NBC. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just on Peacock for that one. Oh, yeah. But it would probably be on okay, Peacock on, streaming. See. So, what are okay, they I just do found if- an article here. I want to make sure because I, I want to get this right here. It says Saturday, 4.30 p.m., what channel? NBC. Peacock. Okay. It is Peacock. I don't know. <coughs> Excuse me. I don't know if this is a Peacock exclusive, but now it makes more sense. All right. Let's try to sort this out. I, I love putting this puzzle together. I know a lot of people think this is kind of... Like maybe superfluous, I guess. I this is wild to me to think about the new way they're doing this in the NFL and these games and what networks. It makes more sense now for the Bills game to kick off at eight, since both these games are on the same network. Because generally, a game is three hours long, and if the Bengals and Steelers kick off at four thirty, which they do, it will end at around seven thirty. That gives them a half hour lead up into the Bills game kicking off at eight o'clock. If that makes sense. What's the off chance that I think that's Steelers Bengals goes longer than eight o'clock? Could you imagine? Uh, that would be very off. I mean, even like that would be three and a half hours. Oh yeah, no, I, I'm just I mean, saying, most like, games don't do that. It could it could happen, but you're right. You know what they would do then? They would probably delay the start of the Bills game because if the same look, Peacock paid a lot of money for this game, just like for these games for their rights. Amazon paid what ten billion for ten years? I think that's what they did. Amazon, $10 billion, like a billion a year, basically, Amazon paid the NFL to have the games that they're having on Thursday night and all the Black Friday and all the games that they're having. I'm sure Peacock paid a ton of money. So my guess would be if something like that were to happen, it would they would delay the start and wouldn't kick the Bills game off. So we would kind of be in a holding pattern. I think that's what they would do. You never know. Did you realize a few weeks ago, I don't know, what were you doing? Were you working the board or at the station during the um, Bills-Chiefs game? What were you doing? I was watching it at home, actually. I wasn't working that game. So you're watching it at home. 
Did you realize while you were watching it, there were no TV timeouts for like almost the whole first quarter? Yeah, I noticed that. I was so confused because I was like, you know, I was finishing yeah. up like making dinner and I'm like, man, like I got to wait for a commercial break to like, you know, plate my dinner and, and all that stuff. And it's like, okay, like when's it going to happen? Like I'm getting hungry here. Like I want to eat because like my TV's <laughs> like in the other room. So I don't want to walk out and miss something, but it just went on forever. And, but it also like helped the game go by like super quick. I, I really like the 430 starts. They're... They're nice because they end at like seven and then, you know, I don't know. I just, I prefer it over all the other start times. I don't know why. Well, well, the, the, it did let the, the early part of the game go by, but they still have to have those breaks. You have to make them up. There's a certain number of breaks you have to have. So let me just give you a little behind the curtain so everybody understands how this works. So every game, there's a certain amount of TV breaks every quarter, which are also radio breaks, essentially. Now, sometimes the flow of the game, they'll have to push one of those breaks into the next quarter. And you have to kind of make it up. Then there's a floating break that can be taken. It's all different stuff based on advertising. There's a certain amount of timeouts they have to take. We're doing the game. We're on the radio call. And it's like drive for whoever opened up the game. I can't remember. I think the Bills got the ball first, whatever. And then it's score, punt, and whatever happens, there's no TV timeout, which is kind of weird. Same thing happens after the next drive. Usually by then you have at least, you already have two breaks. So I'm thinking like, what is going on? And we're talking to each other like you know, back and forth kind of in mics that you can't hear. And I'm like, hey, why, where is our radio timeout? Like, where's our TV timeout? We got things to get to. We got advertisers to get to. And we're all trying to figure it out. So I saw Tracy Wolfson on the sideline. I said, Tracy, am I mistaken? Like, you guys haven't taken a break on CBS, right? And she said no. And the reason was there were two, three other games going on at that time. You had Broncos, Chargers, Seahawks, 49ers, Vikings, Raiders. But you also had... I think some, <coughs> excuse me, some one o'clock games I hadn't finished. And she said in the, in those windows, what happened was there were games still going. And some of those games were in the biggest of markets. Okay. They wanted to wait. CBS did because CBS is kind of controlling the TV timeouts. If this makes sense, they needed to wait until those games were over. So the audience could get to the bills Chiefs game because so many people in those big markets wouldn't see the commercials that those advertisers paid for if they stayed, if that makes sense. So that's why they didn't take a break. So we're sitting there going, where's the where's the TV timeout? Where's the radio timeout? Well, basically, they had to wait until all of the eyeballs around the country were on the national game, which was Bill's Chiefs, because there's so, so much advertising that these people pay. And if they would have taken the break, half the country wouldn't have seen it because there were other games going on in bigger markets. That's wild. I never, I've never heard anything like that before. That's so. I know, and and I've never seen it. I've never been a part of a broadcast like that. Okay, so then what happens is they don't take a TV timeout. I don't think we took a TV or radio timeout, Josh, in that game until probably just a few minutes left in the first quarter. It was wild, and that's never happened before. Well, what happens now is because of that, now the second quarter you have a lot of breaks you have to take. Because you have to push those out because you still have the same amount of breaks every game no matter what. You can, I think, float one into the next half. But now all of a sudden, you got to take those breaks and you got to scrunch them in. So now it's like touchdown, break, kickoff, break. And then you can start the next series for the team. And that's when it starts to get a little redundant. Like, what are we doing? You're watching at home and you're like, oh, yeah, they scored a touchdown. They go to break. All right, let's go get a drink. You come back. There's the kickoff. Oh, they're going to take another TV timeout. So... Like I said, a little behind the curtain how that all that works. It gets us back to uh, the TV situation for Saturday night. I know a lot of people have wondered, 
And of course, we want you to listen to WGR and of course, along the Buffalo Bills radio network. But a lot of people have wondered, what does Saturday night look like if you are trying to find the game? Okay, here's the deal. If you live in Buffalo, you get the game on WGRZ TV too. It is an NBC game here in Buffalo. Now, I've heard there's some sort of contract dispute or carriage dispute between DirecTV and NBC here in Buffalo. I don't know that for sure. Maybe that's been resolved, but I know people have talked about that. So that would throw a wrench in that for sure. But I do know it is on WGRZ TV2 here in Buffalo locally television. If you do not live in Buffalo, if you don't get that particular channel, all right, the channel where Adam Benini's on and Mary Alice uh, Demler and Scott Levin, if you don't get that channel, you got to watch it on Peacock. That's the only other way. And I believe you got to subscribe to Peacock. Do they have like a, I think they have a normal and a premium, a premium. <coughs> Sorry about that. I had, I was drinking something before I came on the radio and it went down the wrong pipe. So I'm trying to fix that. Um, little coffee there. But if you, I think it's a premium Peacock game. I don't know. I think they have a normal Peacock sub, like subscription. You, It can't be that. You got to pay for this. So that's how this is going to work on Saturday night. At eight o'clock, five o'clock in L.A. Now, if you live, if you're listening to this, you live in L.A. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing it's on the NBC affiliate there. But I've had people texting me and tweeting me and asking me, "What about if I? You know, I live in Syracuse. I live in New York City. I live in Montana. Well, guess what? You got to have Peacock. They paid a lot of money to have these games: Bengals, Steelers, Bills, Chargers, Saturday night. So that's how it's going to work." 803-0550, we can talk about whatever you want today. It's all on the table because we got a whole bunch to get to. Coming up in about 15 minutes, we have Carlo Koliakovo. He is a radio broadcaster in Toronto. He also, obviously, we've had him on before, played for the Sabres and the Maple Leafs. So we'll get his thoughts on both these teams as they play tonight downtown. That's right, Maple Leafs, Sabres tonight from KeyBank Center. 7 o'clock puck drop. Six o'clock pregame here on WGR. The Sabres coming off that disastrous, horrible 9-4 loss to the Colorado Avalanche. And trying to get back on track. And I'll do the same thing I always do. Okay, all right. You got that out of your system. Maybe tonight's the night. Maybe now they can, you know, turn it around a little bit. Maybe they got mad enough to go out there and, you know, play better and play harder, and we can start seeing some wins. I don't know. It reminds me of The Godfather, part three, I think. He says, whenever I think I'm out, they pull me back in. It's the same thing. Whenever the Sabres suddenly come back with a nice bounce back, and I think they will play better tonight. I do. I just don't know if they can beat the Leafs. The Leafs are just a really, really good team, very talented. Now, the Sabres have had some success against Toronto, including this year, beating them in Toronto. I just don't know if the Sabres can beat this team even if they play better. But we'll have the game for you. We'll talk to Carlo Koliakovo at 10.30 about both teams, the Sabres and the Leafs, and about the Bills. He's a big Bills fan, so we'll get his thoughts there. I, I am interested in him. Carlo, actually, he's played in the NHL for a while. He played for several teams, and I want to get his thoughts on, you know, coaching and Don Granado and, you know, the philosophy of coaches and how, how each coach kind of works, it, you know, what kind of coach – this group might need if this is the right guy, those kinds of things. Cause we've been talking about that. And as I said the other day, yesterday after the big nine, four loss coming on here, I like Don Granado. I really do. And I think he's a, a good person, a good hockey person. I think he's been a really good coach for this group, 
but there's got to be a conversation right now about what needs to happen with this team because it's just not happening. And maybe ultimately get to that. I don't know. I hope it doesn't come to that just for, I guess, personal reasons. I don't want to see that. But, you know, it's going to, it's, um, it's not going well. And they can't make any trades right now. They're in a roster freeze until December 27th, I believe. So maybe 26th, 27th. Uh, so they can't do anything different there. So we'll see. Carla will join us at 1030. And then a little less than an hour from now, about between 11 and 11.15, it'll be Sean McDermott, Bills head coach. We'll get an idea on injuries for Saturday night. The Bills have 15 players listed on their injury report. Now, that's not good. It's a lot. But the encouraging slash good news is out of those 15, only one actually missed practice with an injury. And that is Jordan Phillips. Jordan Phillips was a DMP because of his wrist surgery. We know that. I wonder. I don't know if they'll put him on IR. You figure he's going to miss at least some time. Sean McDermott called him week to week. Von Miller did miss two days. On Tuesday, he wasn't in town. McDermott said he had a a funeral, family funeral to attend. He was back yesterday, but he got a vet rest day, which is normal for him on a normal Wednesday. So he really hasn't practiced this week, but it's not injury related. And then James Cook, though, that's one to monitor. James Cook. Not injury, but illness. He was sick yesterday, and he didn't practice, so we'll see where that goes. Sean McDermott will give us an update on that. Micah Hyde, A.J. Epinesa, we'll find out exactly what the coach says about their situation and status headed into Saturday night. A lot of guys limited. I think it was six guys limited, six guys full participants, even with injuries, and then three, the DNP. Like I said, that would be Phillips, that would be Miller, that would be Cook. So we'll talk with Sean McDermott about that. And um, got to get an update on his holiday shopping. I asked him last week, how you doing? He said he's actually doing better than, than he thought he would and getting there. And then I was thinking, even for me, like going to L.A., like I got to do it today. If I don't get it done today, it ain't happening, folks. My shopping. You're I mean, stressing I me out. Early tomorrow morning, I guess. What, because you haven't done it either? No, because you're waiting so long. I hate waiting forever. <laughs> I, I, I waited way too long this year. I just finished it up a couple days ago, but you're stressing me out with the, oh, I oh. leave for L.A. tomorrow, but I got to do it today. <laughs> oh, man. Well, let me let me put your mind at ease. I actually got some done already. I'm fine with that. Okay, but there well, are little good. things I still need to clean up today. Like I got to I'm like, yeah, there's a few stocking stuffers here or there, a couple little, you know, a gift card for somebody. So I got to do that today. But but I'm okay though, I think. Now Get what some I haven't done in though, LA for stocking stuffers. Oh, yeah, that's good. What I haven't done though is there's a couple little things I haven't wrapped yet. And I am as I said, I'm the worst wrapper anyway, but I haven't done that part yet. So that's got to happen today too. So that's that because leave LA, leave for LA tomorrow, and then you got all day Saturday there. Yes, you could. You're right. Do a little shopping before the game, but I'm guessing it's a well, it's a five o'clock start, so I'll get to the stadium pretty early. I won't have any time to shop in LA, to be quite honest with you. And then you get back Sunday, it's already Christmas Eve here. So yeah, gotta get it done today. And then at eleven thirty today we'll have Patrick Hammer. He will give us an update on weather in L.A. I know a lot of people going out to the game out on the West Coast. Bills fans out there. The L.A. Bills Backers Club is a really big backers club. was out there at a party they had last year. I think they're doing it again this year, tomorrow night. So very cool. Maybe I'll get a chance to stop by, possibly. Uh, my brother's actually flying out from Oregon, where he lives, to L.A. So we're going to hang out. and I, I see him like once a year, maybe. So it's going to be cool. That's a nice chance for um, him, to, him and I to get together a little bit for the one game on the West Coast. And it is the one game this year the Bills are playing on the West Coast. So if fans want to go see their team who live out west bills fans this is the opportunity uh, unless they wanted to go to kansas city earlier this year otherwise it's a long trip 
It just makes it tough because it's Christmas weekend for anybody who wants to go out there. If you want to make a destination Bills trip every year and, you know, L.A. is on the schedule, you're like, oh, yeah, let's go to L.A. It's the only West Coast trip. Then the schedule comes out and it's like, oh, it's the night, the night of December 23rd. That's eh, a tough one if you live in Buffalo because you're not coming back until Christmas Eve and that's tough. So I feel for Bills fans in that regard, whoever wanted to go out to the game. But maybe yeah, I know that Bills fans out West, that's their one chance to see the team. Now, next year, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. But next year, the Bills are scheduled to play in L.A. again, this time against the Rams. No, no, the Chargers again, sorry. Against the Chargers in L.A. next year and against the um, Seattle Seahawks out in L.A. Seattle, sorry about that. In L.A. against the Chargers in Seattle next year for the Bills. They have two West Coast trips scheduled. So next year, a little bit more opportunity maybe. For people out there who want to see their team. Patrick Hammer is going to join us at 1130. We will also talk about next week's weather. What it looks like, A, here in Buffalo this weekend for Christmas. Not going to be a white Christmas, I guess, folks. And then next weekend, Chris, uh, New Year's Eve, the Patriots come to town December 31st. What does that weather look like? So we'll do all that today. And Three Dog Thursday. I did not have a good week last week. 0-2-1 because the Vikings blew it. Or else I could have had one win. But they blew it. I took them plus three. That's what they lost by in overtime against the Cincinnati Bengals. And speaking of the Bengals, huge game against the Pittsburgh Steelers on Saturday. And the Steelers are going to roll with quarterback Mason Rudolph. And the Bengals won't have Jamar Chase. But Bills fans really need to be dialed in on that Bengals-Steelers game. If you're not Christmas shopping on Saturday, then root for the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll go through all of that a little bit later and tomorrow. I'll be on for an hour tomorrow. I think you're going to be um, taking over at 11 o'clock, Josh, if I'm not mistaken. But somebody will, I know. And um, because i got to get to the airport to fly out to L.A. But I'll be on here today for this rest of this show and then tomorrow for the first hour. So we'll fire up the phone lines now if you want to get in. Carlo Coliacovo at 10.30 a.m. Let's get connected with our fans, and we'll do it with Jeff in Buffalo to start us off. Hi, Jeff. Go ahead. You're on WGR. Good morning. Hey, uh, real quick, uh, what do you, what's your opinion on this Peacock thing? I mean, you think uh, being Saturday before Christmas Eve and some people's money are tight and so on and so forth, do you think, it's, uh, you think the viewership or subscription would be uh, – or do you think just the opposite with the holidays, everybody home for a Saturday, everybody's getting the game? Um, and if I will, real quick, I'm 59 years old. I've been around this town my whole life. Um, I watch a Sabres team from their first pick till now. And, you know, every, you know they, they lost me, to be honest with you. Oh, they lost me 10 years ago. But my point is, is this franchise, if you look, whether it be baseball, basketball, football or hockey one of the worst i mean if you look at their how long they've been in in this league and what they've actually accomplished maybe the worst um i don't know how this fan base and i don't know how go ahead no no what do you mean by the worst like just um how long they've been the fact they have they have no stanley cups they they make the playoffs, then they don't make the playoffs for, what, 12 years? Then they make the playoffs. Yeah. There's no consistency. I mean, honestly, guys, if you look at – there's, I, I'm, like I said, I'm homegrown Buffalo fan. Go Bills. Love, used to love the Sabres. No, no. Just I got it. fed up with it. I mean, I don't understand how year after year after year and all, the picks they get and the players they get, and if it's not a general manager, it's the development. You know what it is? It's excuses. And at this point, I don't know how these players in this locker room can actually 
come on. I mean, do you want, you know, it's like the kid being picked last for kickball. You know, I've, you know, I mean, this, this team really does need, I don't know at this point, like I said, I've been around it my whole life and I don't know. Uh, what do you do with a team who just cannot be consistently successful? I don't know. I don't, that's what we're trying to figure out, Jeff. I mean, that's yeah. what we're trying to figure out. That's what the coach is trying to figure out. Just, but the players are point. the players they have. And, you know, I mean, I don't really know. Yeah, Let I, me address you. I know you're frustrated. And I get it. Let me address your uh, Peacock situation and what you asked about. Um, look, they paid a lot of money. I do think you're not going to get huge viewership for this game compared to most games. I wouldn't imagine how many people are subscribed to Peacock right now and, and are, how much more of a bump you're going to get to watch these games. I'm not really sure. And in Buffalo, you don't have to subscribe to it. You can just watch it on NBC. So my thought is, you say, you know, what is your thought on it? Look at this is where we're going. Eventually, we're going to get, I mean, it kind of is already pay-per-view, right? you got to subscribe to this channel just to get this game. Eventually, the NFL is going to have more pay-per-view stuff down the road, I think, like per a la carte games, I would guess. That's my guess. So th- this is just the new reality we live in. The new reality is Amazon pays a billion dollars a year. Peacock pays a whole bunch of money, and they're going to put these games on their streaming service. And the reason they do that, in case you're wondering... People wondering, why would they do that? Not as many people can watch. Well, they do it because they want people to subscribe. They're doing it because they're paying billions of dollars, hundreds of millions to the league, saying we're going to put it on our premium subscription site or channel, and that's going to mean that people need to subscribe just to watch the game. So that's how we're going to get our money back, not just through the advertising. They're going to do advertising, but you got to subscribe just like Amazon. That's how Amazon... It, their model is. It's what the model is for the NFL for them. They paid a billion dollars a year for Thursday night football and say, hey, you want to watch Thursday night football? Subscribe to Amazon. And they're getting subscribers because of it. That's how they're making their money back. It's just the new reality we live in. Whether we like it or not, it's not going away. 803-0550, Carlo Koliakovo, former Sabre, former Leaf, Toronto radio host, joins me next here on The Extra. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Point show on WGR. That's 12 years for them, for sure. Not all of that's on us. 
it's a lot of a lot of frustration and, and it's understandable you know as a group you know we bear obviously some of that responsibility from tonight but i think that's you know that's a lot of deep that's that's pent up in in the fans and that's that's okay that's sabers captain kyle Oposo after the game 9-4 loss of the columbus blue jackets tonight they take on the toronto maple leafs here in downtown buffalo uh, just a couple of house cleaning items here, and then I'm going to get to Carlo Koliakovo. First of all, thank you so much for everybody who reminded me and corrected me. It is the Rams next year where the Bills play. This whole 17th game and every couple years playing different divisions and crossovers kind of threw me off. So thank you very much, uh, Bram, who tweeted at me, and who was the other one? Anthony, thank you very much. That is what we call getting connected with our fans. It's brought to you by Northtown Kia, Western New York's number one Kia dealer. Shop online at NorthtownKia.com. So, yes, next year, Bills at Rams and Bills at Seahawks. They are not playing the Chargers next year. So, hopefully, to clear that up. And sorry for my mistake on that. In the meantime, Sabres, Leafs tonight. We're going to welcome in our good friend Carla Koliakovo on the West Her Hotline. Of course, Toronto radio host, former Sabre, former Leaf. Happy holidays to you, brother. Hoping you're having a, a great week and you got some uh, great things planned for the weekend. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Same to you. Uh, you know, Christmas for me, for the longest time, ever since probably I, I you know, met my wife and we got married, was, has never, has stopped being about presents and more about you just getting together with family because that's basically the only present that I want. I just want to be able to gather with family and enjoy the holidays together and just to spoil the kids, which is what we do. So excited for the weekend. I love it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, just so you know, a little side note for you. My son, Max, started um, ice hockey. I mean, he's starting ice hockey next month. We've been starting to skate over the last few months, and he's just loving it, man. Hey. He just loves He just wants to go. He wants to be on the ice all the time now. And you know what, Sal? That's the best part is my son started hockey this year, too. He just turned six. And as, if they're telling you and showing you that they want to do it, it gives yep. you more pride as a parent to actually support them along the way instead of having to drag them to do something that they don't want. I'm glad to hear that for you, and let's hope it uh, it's something that uh, brings you a lot of joy in the future here. It does, and I think it's going to I think it's gonna have Santa bring him some hockey stuff, if you know what I mean, too, because he's been asking for that. So we'll <laughs> see what happens uh, over the weekend. In the meantime, all right, let's start with the hockey. We'll, we'll get to uh, your Bills. You're a big Bills fan, too. We'll get to that a little bit later. Let's start with the hockey. We don't know what to do here, um, Carlo. I mean... I, I know this team should be better than they are. They're not. They get smoked in their own building by a team actually under them in the standings, and that's hard to do right now. I, I really like Don Granado. I think Don Granado was very, very good for this team as their development, but now the conversation has started. Is this the right coach going forward for this team? Is that where we have to go? I don't want to have that conversation. We have to. You've been in this league long enough. You've gone through many coaches. What can you tell us about you know coaches and styles and development and then if you need something different and a new message you know what can you tell us about how all that works and and where you need to go when things start to go awry well so i think it's pretty clear that in almost every sport there's only so much a coach can do and i'm on the same boat as you I, i i really like don granado i think he's done a great job with these players with this organization over the last couple years and you know, there's a lot of people calling for his head and calling for change, but you know, you got to be careful if you're if you're Buffalo. This is a, this is an organization that's gone through too much change um, over the last decade, to say uh, the least. And you know, I, I, I'm always a believer that if there's somebody better out there to do the job, then yes, you make the change. 
I just don't know if that's the right answer for this Buffalo Sabres team. Um, you know, I tweeted this the other night, and I do really mean it. Uh, I think Kevin Adams has done a really, really good job um, up until this point, establishing patience, re- rebuilding the the development system, restocking the farm with draft picks and with good players. But at some point, that patience has to run out because you put together a good enough team that was very close to making the playoffs last year, and I just didn't see anything that was that impactful made in the offseason that would help this team get over the top. And when you, when you compound that with, you know, extending a lot of your players that you did and that you believe in to long-term contracts in the same window where you're expected to win puts a lot of pressure on the group. And I think right now is what you're seeing is a good example of, you know, players that are expected to lead not really doing a good job in, in leading in those situations. So, you know, we, we live in an era in hockey where the easiest solution is to fire the coach because you can't replace the players. But, you know, clearly the players need to do a better job at holding themselves accountable for their play, for their results. And I think Kevin Adams has to have some ruthless decisions in him where, you know, he needs to start dangling a carrot of, hey, this is the NHL. Either you're going to perform your best here or you're not going to be here. And I know they've tried to change that culture in Buffalo, but, you know, as good as the job that he's done up until now, I really do believe he's got to be a lot more aggressive in bringing in the, the pieces that are going to get them to the next level. And I think, you know, I think it, there was a poor job of that done this offseason. Yeah, I agree in that regard. And I look back and I, I did. I kind of liked what they were doing in the offseason, but now it's more readily apparent to me. And the way I look at it is, Carlo, they focused on growth and development, which is fine. Guys are going to take another step. You have 20 and 21-year-old guys, and they're going to get a little bit better. That's fine. But when they did sign players like Connor Clifton, um, like Eric Johnson, it was more about we need these veterans. We need people in the room. We're ready to take the next step. We need these guys. Well, that's nice, but they're not good enough to elevate the rest of your roster and what you need. So how do you strike that balance? As a guy who's been around this league enough, how do you strike that balance of we need some guys who've actually done this and won because we have this young group, but we also need guys who can play and can help us win? Yeah, and look, you're, you're absolutely right. And I've been beating this drum with the Sabres the last couple of years about their goaltending, right? And they've, mm-hmm. they've tried to preach patience. They bring in Craig Anderson, who played above his expectations considering the age that he was. And now you put a lot of faith in a guy like Devin Levi, who I, I still really like, I still really believe in, but he's clearly shown he's not ready for that yet. He's not ready for that pressure to lead a team into the playoffs. And then, you know, you're putting a lot more pressure on Uka Pekka Lukanen, who's had some great games, but he's also had some very bad games. So, you know, when you're compounding pressure on younger players that are not ready for that moment, it creates a, the situation that you're seeing in Buffalo. And look, the other thing that I want to point out too is, you know, there's been this mentality in hockey where if you, if you, if you think you have something good, you got to lock them up and you got to love them for eight years. You know, I don't necessarily agree with that. How, how many times do you fall in love with your team in an eight year consistent period or fall in love with the same player for eight years, knowing you're going to get the exact same player eight years in a row. I get you're working in a salary cap world, but you know, if, if a player has eight years 
locked in in security and they're having a season like they're having right now, are they, are they really putting that much pressure on themselves knowing that they've got a lot of comfort locked in? I'm not saying that's what Buffalo has there, but it's an easy sentiment to, to, to sort of allow your, to creep into someone's mentality, knowing that, you know, no matter how good they do or how bad they do, nothing's going to change with them. So I'm a big believer in dangling the carrot and, and making sure guys are motivated to continue to get better and to continue to push themselves. I just think that, you know, these long-term deals, I mean, how, how many situations can you point out in the NHL of players that have signed eight-year deals that have been players the team and the organization has wanted all eight years? And so yeah, I mean, is that a problem that, Buffalo, that, that Buffalo's run into? I know they've locked in good players, but we're so worried about what these players are going to make in the end of their deals because of how good they can be instead of them just allowing them to continue to grow and develop and just pay them what they deserve when they're, when, when they deserve to get paid it. And then, and then you add on the fact, maybe what to your point earlier of it's a young player, all of a sudden thrust into making all this money and more spotlight, more pressure. Right. And you're adding the pressure, even right. on top of the winning, the money they're making. And that's, that's gotta be right. something for these guys are 21, 22 years old. Exactly. Exactly. And look, Again, I, I'm not willing to throw in the towel in the Buffalo Sabres, but I think tonight is going to be a defining moment of this group. You've come mm-hmm. off one of the most embarrassing games that you've played in front of your home fans, a game that everybody expected you to win. You were down 7-1 12 minutes into the second period. I know you showed some fight in coming back, but you couldn't ask for a better opponent if you're the Buffalo Sabres to have your best rebound game to play with the most desperation that you could play with, not just for yourself, but to save the, the job for your coach. And it's the Toronto Maple Leafs coming into town. You know the building's going to be rocking. There's going to be fans of both teams in the building. If you don't see a response from this group of players in today's game, well, then there clearly has to be a massive shakeup. Carlo Koliakovo on the Wester Hotline. Before I get to the Leafs, Real quick on the Ottawa Senators. I mean, a team that's also very disappointing. They make a coaching change. Speaking of that, what, what's gone wrong in Ottawa with that club? Almost the same thing that we've just described in Buffalo, right? Yeah. To make that next step, a team that had locked in a lot of their young core players to eight-year deals because, you know, they, they wanted to secure themselves against the salary cap and build around those players. But it's a group of players that every year continues to get the vote of confidence of, you know, being counted on to take that next step. That's just showing together. They're just not clearly capable of doing it. Um, I know, you know, there was a lot of conversation around ownership and now that's all solidified. And I truly do believe in the, the new group that's come in led by Steve Stales and Mike Eilauer. But, you know, this is a, this is a team that played to get their coach fired. And so you wonder, okay, what's the next step for them? Well, you know, this is a group it, look, it's hard to win in the National Hockey League. It's hard to win in every sport. You, you can probably say the same thing in the NFL with the season that the Bills are having. But at the end of the day, there's a certain um, responsibility and a certain um, mentality that you have to have to be able to win at this sport. And it's not only an individual um, accomplishment or an ind- individual um, you know, um, uh, goal that you have to meet, but it's also a commitment to understanding 
what it takes to play a team game. And Ottawa just is the worst example of that right now, of playing a team game. They, they, they just want to score as many goals as they can and just don't want nothing to do with playing with defense. So um, I, I would say, you know, Ottawa and Buffalo are very similar. Teams that people had a lot of expectations coming in to the season of pushing for a playoff spot that are both, you know, having very eerie, eerie similar seasons with all of the struggles that they're having. And then let's get to the team that you talk about on a daily basis and your former team as well, the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's a totally different conversation. I mean, it's been for the last few years. Okay, but you got to do it in the playoffs. I don't care about the great regular season you're going to have. And they finally get past the first round, but here they are again, one of the top teams in the East. What what does this team look like compared to the last few years as far as trying to get this thing through to the end, which they just haven't been able to do? Well, Sal, I can, I can almost assure you one thing, that if this team enters the playoffs the same way they're constructed right now, they have no chance of winning. No chance. Wow, their, why, is their defense, why is that? Well, because their defense is just not good enough. Um, yeah. You know, it, it was a big question mark of this group coming in. It's been a question mark all season, and they have found a way to sort of, you know, float above water. And, and, and the reason why they've been able to do that is because They've been getting great goaltending from Joseph Wall. He's been hurt lately. You know, Ilya Samsonov has had an up-and-down season. Martin Jones has come in and, and, and played some really good games for them. But they've, they've been able to outscore a lot of their problems. And I think that's one of the things that's made this Maple Leafs team so successful throughout, you know, the, the, the last couple seasons in the Marner, Matthews, Tavares, Nylander era. They, they've always constructed a really good regular season team because they've learned how to win in the regular season. They know how to score. They know how to play with the best teams. But in playoffs, you, get, you easily get exposed with your weaknesses. And they know that. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure they know that. They're trying to do what they can to address it. And I believe they will address it come playoff time. I, I think you'd be a fool not to think that there would be one – probably for sure two new defensemen on this group that will improve the back end. And if that's the case, they're clearly capable of, of being playing with the best teams in the league, including Eastern conference where, you know, you come into the, the regular season looking at this Eastern conference. I think a lot of people thought, okay, Tampa, Toronto, Boston, Rangers, Carolina, you know, you, you, you name it. But has there really been a team that's run away with the Eastern Conference right now? Can't say that there is. And I think that just goes to show, you know, how, how much the competitive balance has continued to, to get better in the Eastern Conference. So the Leafs will definitely be in the mix. There, there, there's no question about that, especially if they can have guys like Matthews, who's having an incredible season again, Marner, Nylander, who's having an incredible season himself in a contract year. If these guys are readily available for this group, there's a chance that they, 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 will, well, they will be a playoff team. You know, depending on how they look on the back end will determine the type of success that they're going to have in the playoffs. I didn't realize, so I'm looking at the standings right now. They only have nine regulation wins. They have a total of yeah. 16 wins. But, yeah, that's wild. I didn't realize that. Seven of them have come in overtimes or shootout. Their regulation record, the least regulation record, Nine, seven, and thirteen. They've gone thirteen times to extra time. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a couple of reasons for that. You know, I just talked about their defense and how they've had to outscore a lot of their problems. And when they go yeah. to overtime, they play three on three, so it's only their best players on the ice. That's right. 
right? Yep. So, look, I mean, we've, we've spent a lot of time here in Toronto trying to dissect that and criticize that. But at the end of the day, you know, like I mentioned before, it's tough to win in this league. And, yep. you know, there's many ways to get points. And that's what good teams do, right? You find ways to get points. You find ways to bank points. Because if you don't, you're, you're a team like Ottawa, you're a team like Buffalo, you're a team like Edmonton who hasn't banked those points, and now you're scratching and clawing in December trying to get yourself back into the playoff race. All right, buddy. The uh, Bills here going into this stretch run, what have, you, what have you liked about the last few weeks? What do you think about this team and their trajectory after, you know, obviously some games where they, they didn't close things out when they should have? Well, what I like about the Bills right now is that they, they've shown some consistency in their play which is, you know, as me and you have talked throughout the season, has been the most frustrating thing watching yeah. this group, seeing where they are at this point in the season, at least three weeks ago, how inconsistent they've been and how a team that is supposed to be as good and be put in the Super Bowl conversation be so careless and so mistake-prone with their yeah. game, and it's cost them. Um you know, I'm, I was never a fan of Ken Dorsey, and this is no shot at him as a human being. I bet you he's a great human being. I've heard nothing but great things about him, but I tell, you know, he was a, a, a part of the problem that was holding this team back. And what we've seen on offense with Joe Brady, which is what really impressed me, is that he has found a way to be consistent with his play calling. When something's worked, he goes back to it. And he stays with it. And, you know, when all that attention was given to his removal, you know, people were focused on Sean McDermott and, you know, whether or not he was the guy to take the fall for this. You know, he's, he's had to take on a lot of responsibility this year, um, not only being the coach of the team but calling the defense. And I think what has really, really helped this team is the fact that the offense has been so efficient it's literally been this team's best defense because early on in the season, when the offense wasn't clicking, the defense was coming on the field every two, three minutes. And it was Mm -hmm. just wearing the crap out of this team. Now that the offense has found rhythm, it's keeping the defense off the field. It's actually allowing them to, to regroup, reset, recharge. And it's allowing the defense to play a lot better too. So I'm, I'm a lot more confident in the group right now, but I'm also, cautiously optimistic because they've played good opponents and they've always played good against good opponents. They have a weak opponent coming up and they need to show me that they can dominate a weak opponent before I actually start believing this group again. That'll be Saturday night in LA. In the meantime, Monday through Friday, host of first up on 1050 AM sports radio in Toronto, six to 10 AM. Carlo Koliakovo. Always great to catch up to you or with you. I should say, especially at a night when the Sabres are taking on the Leafs, an important game tonight. Happy <laughs> holidays, brother to you, your family and everybody. And really appreciate it as always. Hey, my pleasure, man. Same to you and go Bills. Let's do this. All right. You got it, man. Carlo Koliakovo, big Bills fan up there in Toronto. Really good stuff from Carlo. Love catching up. You can talk Bills. You can talk Saints. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. 
Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Sabres, he could talk Leafs. That's why we're doing that today with him, because the Sabres take on the Leafs tonight. 7 o'clock downtown, 6 o'clock pregame here on WGR. We'll take a quick timeout, come back here, wrap up the hour. Sean McDermott just after 11 on the Extra Point Show. All right, back here on the Extra Point Show. Sal Capaccio with you. We're going to have Bill's head coach, Sean McDermott, shortly after the top of the hour, so keep it right here. We also have Three Dogs Thursday. Got to get back on track after an 0-2-1 last week. Thanks, Vikings. Then we're going to have Patrick Hammer at 1130. L.A. weather, if you're going to the game out there, or what it's going to be like. If you're you know, out west, want to, well, like I said, go to the game because it's going to be in a dome anyway, right? But then we're also going to look at next week's weather here in Buffalo. A little look ahead. Of course, uh, still some time for that. In the meantime, we'll take a timeout here again. Thanks to Carlo Koliakovo for joining me. Really good stuff on the Sabres and the Leafs. Sabres tonight against the Toronto Maple Leafs downtown Key Bank Center. And, of course, right here on WGR. Pre-game at 6, puck drops at 7. We'll take a timeout. Sean McDermott on the other side here on WGR. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.